We can do introductions and whatnot. Hey, we are on the air. That was faster than I expected. I'm your host, Michael Effrey. This is the Band Podcast. We are talking to legendary RPG artist Storm Cook right down here. Down, down here. How are you doing, Storm? Thank you very much for coming out. Oh, my pleasure. My honor. Hey, uh, let me introduce our uh, our Brady Bunch grid of co-hosts here. I think he knows these guys. Uh, Jacob Blackman, uh, right over here. Hello. So a legendary artist. Yeah. Next to Jacob is Ross Watson, who's written for all kinds of stuff in the industry. Uh, Star Wars, uh, Warhammer. Uh, I, I could go through your whole resume, Ross, but we'll be here all day. But uh, And uh, last but not least, Walt Rebilliard. No I haven't uh, written anything. That is a lie. <laughs> Walt's written a thousand words just while we've been sitting here dealing with technical difficulties. <laughs> He's a novelist. He's a, uh, and he has a beautiful singing voice. Uh, yeah, well, we could experience that. Hey, Sean, hey, we can Sean. experience that, or we can talk to the man of the hour, Storm Cook. We could. Right. Um, just forgive me. One I think second. we should. I think we should hear the singing. Because uh, you know, I it's all it's all about cadences and and dirty limericks. It would get weird real fast. <laughs> well, how about I play our intro music? As I love that, and that. I'll sing one. Now. You know, for those of you in the audience, it's really a shame you couldn't hear Walt singing because he did a really heartfelt version of Danny Boy while they <laughs> was playing. It was I, amazing. I'm personally yeah, from the glance and down again. It's, it, it was something. Brought a tear to the eye. Yeah. Um, so, Stuart, uh, you have been doing RPG art for just a really long time and a lot of awesome stuff. If you don't mind, I'm going to share some stuff from your DeviantArt page, if that's cool. Yep. I just cool. updated that DeviantArt page, so... Thank God I had done that because there was some really old crap. You know, speaking uh, of old stuff, I should say, Storm, I've been a fan since 1993. Oh, yeah, Dark Champions. That was probably oh, that, what the, the fourth product I did for. Uh, oh, don't forget allies and allies. Yep. Look how bad those covers are. That's really sad. <laughs> are you kidding me? I love this one with the, the Seeker. That's the seeker not mine. Guy. Unfortunately, that's not mine. You're credited. It's I know. Uh, I think it's a mistake. Uh, that oh, guy did a okay. lot of video game art. He did a lot of oh, like, um, okay. like actually video game boot, like the consoles. He would do the sides art. He did a ton of stuff like that. I don't know his name. I never met him, but I recognize his style anywhere. Huh. You I mean, had nothing to do with that yeah. cover. Bizarre. I had nothing to do with that cover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but the the one that's showing right now, that was a interior for Champions 5th edition, I believe. Mm. And uh with the new sort of updated um Mechanon. Um and I remember having to work from the uh video game uh art that was coming out for Champions Online. And so a lot of these designs were coming to me. Although I, I really like that one. So um, that kind of looks awesome. Great job. Yeah. It's yeah. A, and I, certainly a different mechanism than we grew up with in the eighties. And so I have, I have something to say about that speedster there. So, so at the time I was living in Michigan and, and was going to Detroit a lot. And there was the new setting was to put the champions in, into Detroit. And I'm like, the champions don't have a black guy on a team that is in a city that's 80% black. And I really sort of made my displeasure known. And, and they came up with Kinetics or Kinetic. I can't remember what his name was, but I was pleased to see that they did that. And I got to draw him. So that was fun. So, that's yeah, sweet. I was 
I was well, trying to fight that diversity fight even way back then. So well, the thing about this Excellent. piece that I really admire is the composition. I mean, you've got the background, the foreground, and then you know the 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 feature of the piece is is Mechanon right in the center, which is which is pretty great. Yeah, a lot with, of artists with, I know struggle with this kind of composition. With defender's arm pointing straight at him. <laughs> That's composition 101, boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, no, I always, I've always liked really working on composition. That's always been a, a part that has come easy to me um, and something that I take great pride in. So thank you for noticing. Thank you for bringing that up. Sweet. Um, so you have a... Um... You know, well, you sent me a whole list of really good ideas to talk about. <laughs> I was just blank blanking all of them. And but, you um, lost them all, didn't you? <laughs> I, 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 I will dig it up, though. But um, before we get too far into the show, while we still have lots of viewers and they are interested and engaged, um, Storm, you are taking steps into the world of uh, YouTubing, right? Yeah, I'm trying to follow in the footsteps of giants like you guys. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a... a there's sort of basically two two categories that my YouTube's videos stand in uh, uh, fall into. One's called a tabletop talk draw, where I sort of take a character concept and, or sometimes like a D and D archetype, and um, I talk about that and I draw them at the same time. And what I'm really trying to do is sort of like, hey, how can we break this character outside of its, you know, tropes that we've seen over and over again? Um, I know when I game, I like to file the serial numbers off. I like to find ways of saying, okay, I want to play a Wolverine clone, but how can I do that where I, where it's not just so obvious when it hits the table, you know, can, can we, can we tweak that archetype a little bit and, or, or, you know, the taciturn stoic ranger or whatever, you know, whatever archetype that you run into at your gaming table. So yeah, I'm kind of just going through the, the, various archetypes and i i did a superhero one but most of them are fantasy and then the other and i'm sorry if i'm just talking on not as the, but I'll, I'll try to make this short um uh, and the other one sir, is it's fine <laughs> it's the tabletop tip of the day which is just like a four or five minute video uh seven minute video where i talk about some aspect that i've learned or i've stolen from somebody else and that i think is kind of interesting to sort of uh, some food for thought for your gaming table. Um, so yeah, you're bringing up, uh, yeah, what's in a name. Oh, so, so this is one where I talk, uh, extensively about the fantasy name generator, which is, I think an awesome site. That tab is open whenever I run stone top. And sometimes even when I run or I'm in modern games right now, we're playing in a superhero game. That's a uh, national. So like, we're in Austria, I'll have the, even though I'm not GMing that, I will have the tab open to Austrian names just in case the, the GM comes up with an NPC on the spot and we need something that, that sounds, you know, somewhat Austrian. And uh, it's a great resource. So, yeah, watch the video. Check out Fantasy Name Generator. It's a great tool for, for game masters. And, and oh, the, 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 the point of this video was... Um, looking at real world names for fantasy games. So I, I um, talked about my stone top game and we talked about using Finnish names. We talked about using Czech names, uh, 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 Tamil, uh, uh, Hindu, uh, Persian names. And because these have been vetted by the real world, these are real names, but they're not 
you know, readily recognizable by a Western European audience, they still sound fantasy-like. And, and then you can also hint at the culture that that person comes from. And I think that's been really super useful in our stone top game, which is sort of set in a, you know, like geographically it would be, it would be like Albania. And, and so we're kind of trying to stay away from the Celtic and the, the French and the Germanic and, and sort of focus more on the, um, you know, Eurasian kind of uh, name conventions. So anyways, that was well, kudos to you for doing short videos because YouTube keeps telling me that's uh, that's what the smart kids are doing these days. Well, the shorts I've, I've done a few shorts and I find them really annoying <laughs> to do, to be honest. Um, uh, the ones that have been successful. I did. Uh, I drew a character during our superhero game, and it was just a doodle that I was doing while because I play online. So I'm right here at my studio drawing uh, while I'm waiting my turn patiently. And um, I decided to put him up and have a a to be named contest and uh, name that guy, and and that got some 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 buzz, and I was able to get two winners. And I did one of their drawings, and um, I have to do another one this week it's for the winners. So they get a free character drawing from me. I just put up a new one today, uh, which is called What's Her Story? That's a short. And I did a drawing of a fantasy character, and she doesn't have a background. So come up with something, guys, and, and I'll pick two winners, and they will get character concept art done by this silly old guy here. Can I give you another one to try out? Sure. Um, draw an image and then have everybody say, you know, whoever wants to use this image for their character, please use this image for your character. And the only caveat is that I need to know how the character turns out. Oh, that's cool. So like, so like, see, like, you know, like if you use this image, you know, did she become a ranger? Was she a druid? Did, you know, was she a scout in a uh like a uh, post-apocalypse game blah 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 you know and see how many different variations you can get from that one image that's a great idea because that's what they call green that will stick around and you can keep revisiting that two years three years later and someone could have just picked up that image and started running with it and and because you're going to have to have a few episodes under your belt before you could come back to to the video and say or to the drawing and say hey this is this is this is how we used her or whatever, but that's a great idea. Well, I'm going to steal that for sure. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly insist. <laughs> Thank you, now, man. I just, I just want to also say that I'm going to clip that part and be like, Storm stole my idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope if I, when I do that, uh, I hope you see it and you hold my feet to the fire and make sure you get credit because giving oh, no, credit no, is awesome. it, no, no, no. I think giving credit is really important. I oh, uh, yeah. very early in my art career, um, a guy who had hired me for one of my first jobs doing um, Napoleon uh, 30 years war bull maneuvers. I had to show how cannons and cavalry and infantry moved around the battlefield of various battles. Good Lord. Um, yeah, really strange. I mean, just, you know, like, you know, the boxes with the, with the X's on it for cannon and, and the square for infantry and the, I can't remember what the horse were. And, um, he was a great guy. A guy named Brent Noseworthy. He did a, a book called um, Anatomy of Victory, which I highly recommend, which those drawings appeared in. Um, diagrams. They're not drawings. They're diagrams. But he told me at that time, you know, giving credit 
is always free. It doesn't hurt you. And you never know how it's going to come back and help you down the line. And those are words that I truly, truly believe in. So, yeah, Absolutely. I want to make sure when I trot that out that um, Mr. Walt Robillard gets, <laughs> gets the kudos for, for the idea that I stole. Because yes. it's good borrow and the genius steal. Go ahead. Storm, I've got a question for you. Um, you've, you've drawn for a ton of different types of uh, genres. Is there a particular genre that you enjoy drawing more than others? Um, so I have a two-part answer to that. Uh, fantasy, sword and sorcery is my first love. And and I love doing it. Um, I will. I will. I'll do that. Okay, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> ah, domestic bless. Forget to unmute and then forget to mute. That's all right. That's all right. So, uh, uh, my first love is fantasy. It always has been. I grew up on on Prince Valiant and and uh, Line Decker art and NC Wyeth and um, Frank Frazetta, of course, and and. Neil Adams Tarzan covers and stuff like that. So that's that's where my love of you know the human figure and motion and and all that and comics. However, doing superheroes is a second close, uh, and they're easier. Uh, it takes if I'm doing a private commission of a one figure character, uh, fantasy can take me three to five hours. Superheroes can take me one to three hours. And um, partly it's because that black line that you see around it just makes selecting and, and blasting in those colors so much quicker. And superheroes tend not to be as detailed as fantasy characters. Fantasy characters have belts and bags and backpacks and sheaths and scabbards yeah. and multiple weapons and, you know, filigree on those weapons and patterns on their clothes and superheroes especially the way i draw them are kind of sleek and and utilitarian and you don't have to spend you know an hour on on detailing like all this texture in his blue shoulder pads yeah um, um, unless you're drawing like a lee filled character where they're just pouches and right. guns and pouches and well, guns and way too much utility equipment that superheroes really shouldn't have because they don't need those things but I tend to draw up pockets and pouches and, and jackets and stuff like that on my superheroes because my thought is, where are their keys? And that's, <laughs> um, where do they put their keys? They have to get into their house at the end of the day, you know, and or, you know, pick up their car or whatever. So that's the stuff I think about. That's in my head. And I, I kid you not. That's really true. Uh, this was a piece you just did for me that hasn't seen publication yet, but uh, looking forward to uh, yeah, kind of a sci-fi thing. That that's one was a pounds. lot of fun. That yeah, was that's ten a lot pounds of, of awesome in a four-pound bag, man. That's that's great looking. <laughs> that's I wanted to be to very evocative. Yeah. That Thank you for giving piece. me that job, by the way. I, I really I really enjoyed doing that one. It was be kind of graphic in, in ways that I, I'm not with the silhouette in the foreground. Oh, oh that was good. the winner. That was the winner of a uh, uh, name that guy contest. So this is Mongoose. Uh, gosh, I wish I could remember the guy who, who came up with it. Um, I could look it up, but I don't want to. I don't want to take away from. Uh, so are are you guys? Uh, uh, do you guys game together at all, or do you just sort of band together to talk about gaming in general? Uh, yes, 
we oh, wow. we have we have we have we have the band podcast that we do here, uh, and and we we talk about various things, but occasionally, uh, usually on Mondays, but sometimes different days of the week because of scheduling, uh, we get together for what we call lunchtime beat 'em ups and just have a little short gaming session. Cool. We we whoever whoever feels like running gives us a little scenario and we play through it real quick. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, the picture that you just put up, um, I wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit because this is my foray into mid journey. Yay. Oh, uh, goodness. yes. Yes. So that background was, um, partially created in mid journey. And then I went and painted on top of it a lot. Um, and it was fun because it suggested things to me that I wouldn't necessarily think of. And I think that's how these AIs are going to be useful. AI artwork is going to be useful to artists as a tool to some of the drudge work. Um, the, the pediment in front and the character was actually drawn in a Panera um, while I was having lunch with uh, another artist named Steve Ellis, who's a wonderful uh, gaming artist and uh, lives in town near me. And we do that every oh, every once in a while. So I just I scanned in the pencils and then combined it. Um, but it was also really fun for me to do, and I, I apologize for interrupting. No, y'all got this. The, the client, the patron came to me and he had a story to tell. This is the moment his character goes bad, goes evil, and rivers of blood ran. And I was like, oh, isn't that fun? I don't get an opportunity to do a moment in time on private commissions very often, usually it is, you know, give some kind of indication, give some kind of personality to the drawing, um, but they're there just as to be observed. And this was a chance. And he also, he, he provided a sketch of his drawing and uh, of, of his character. So that outfit came from, from him, really. I just adopted it and adapted a couple of things. So that was a lot of fun to do. That was one of my favorite recent ones to do. Yeah, that, that is really cool. Hey, you, uh, Walt reminded me, you had a patron who's been uh, doing stuff uh, for you for like 20 years. Um, Death Tribble on the hero boards. Is that yes, what Death Tribble. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, I'm familiar with Death Tribble. When I went to work full time at uh, Earhart Energy, uh, we he stopped using me. I stopped doing work for him. So I haven't done any work for him for about nine years. Um, but I recently just connected with him on DeviantArt, and and he made some noises like he might use me again. It sounds like he might be having some financial troubles. Uh, you know, he needs to square away some money first. But um, you know, if if he, get, I would love the opportunity to work for him because he has such a a wonderful, bizarre sense of humor, and you just never knew what you were going to get from him. And yeah, I was doing one a week, uh, one a month for him for for years. Yeah, personally, I'm running a covert meth lab in the back of my SUV, and that's how I pay for my art commissions. I guess I shouldn't say that on the air. That was a joke, guys. Everybody. Ah. Yep, um, we're so small. The FBI is not listening, or if yes. they are, they're bored. <laughs> that image is amazing. That's I love this one. This is one of my favorites. I, I got to admit, I really was happy with the way this one turned out. Um, a drow raised by dwarves. How do I show that? And becomes a paladin. So I sort of did uh, an underworld fortress that I hope felt dwarf-like and not drow-like. 
So that was my intent. I plan to steal this for my next story. <laughs> awesome. well, yeah, it's, no, important, it's important to remember uh, the dwarf is art deco. Elf mm -hmm. is art nouveau. Right, right. And Drow oh. is is H uh, H R Geiger, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with with just throw webbing on it, and uh, there right, you go. Right, right. Hey guys, I have Todd a question. Harlan Spider Man, go ahead, go ahead. I have a question from Sean Vera, and it's a long one, so I was going to stop sharing and uh, put his comment up. And there we go. I have a question for Storm. The cover to Darren Watts Golden Champions. Does that exist as a physical piece? Also, has it ever been for sale in the open market? Asking for someone who purchases original RPG artwork. Uh, thanks for the question, Sean. Um, the cover semi exists in real physical space. Uh, each of those draw, uh, each of the characters, uh, including some of the Nazis, uh, are, are um, penciled and penciled on like really crappy copy paper, uh, just because I like the way copy paper feels with my pencils. And then they were scanned in, digitally inked, and compiled in the background, and all that was digital. Um, the robot might have been digital. I don't think I drew the robot or the train um, as physical pieces, but I I've got the drawings. I mean, they're just they're 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 not particularly you know, yeah yeah yeah. I get to punch punch Hitler. That's always fun. Um, that is pretty cool. Huh. Uh, Jacob, you are muted right now. I'm sorry, say that again? Oh, Jacob was muted. All I was saying is this oh. is a great cover. Yeah, it really is. Oh, hey, we have another thought, a uh, question from a commenter, and I can't say his name, so I'm just going to share it. Um, and the question is, hello. Yeah, you used to win. There you go. You're a better linguist than I, sir. Thoughts on AI art, like Midjourney, fad, game changer? Um, well, I used it. Uh, I've used it a couple of times now, and I think it makes... It's interesting. I was doing some work for Artelosaurian, and I had to come up with a parking garage. So, I, so I ran a few image, uh, a few prompts through, like beat up parking garage and mid journey. And um, I can't show it because it's still under NDA, NDA, NDA. But it it gave me some lighting things that I would have never have come up with. And even though I ended up painting like all over it and it just literally existed in the background as a texture i did keep the structure of the lighting and oh, i was really happy with that piece so i think it's useful i don't think it's a bad i think it's only going to get better and i think it's really scary i'm i'm you know i do private commissions were 80 percent of my business um before i went to full time uh, uh, and left and left the art world. And now that I'm back, um, I am seeing private commissions be less of my business now for sure. And I think because if you can get your character with a bunch of prompts on, on Mint Journey, um, why are you going to pay me to do it? Now, there are things that I can do that Mid Journey can't. I'm very good at action. I haven't seen good action come out of Mid Journey. I haven't even seen good camera angles come out of Mid Journey yet. Like I tried to do like, you know, up angle and all this stuff. Like I wanted, I wanted sort of a, a mechanical background for the parking garage. I wanted like a real low angle shot, and it couldn't do it. Um, I can do that. I can, I can do three point perspective. I can do anatomy in motion. I can do clothing in motion. 
and and Mid Journey just can't seem to do that yet. But there's also this trend where they're stealing from actual artists, saying you know ape the style of of you know Jim Lee or something like that, and that's a really scary legal slope that we're now on. And I sort of feel like, well, the stuff that I did in Mid Journey, one, I did the prompting on it. Two, I painted all over it. I don't think you could really recognize it that much. And I'm not stealing from anyone except maybe the photos that they used to cobble it together. I don't know. I mean, that's, I think this stuff is going to get challenged in the courts real soon. Yeah, I, I want to say Getty for sure, and maybe Shutterstock both removed ad generated art in the last week mm. from, from having concerns like that. So uh, I saw, I saw in. D&D Art, which is a Facebook uh, group, saying that they didn't want to have any AI art coming through, or or it had to be labeled for now, and there was a big big poll on saying no to it. And I think I it's like, no put, oh, you said no to that. You saw that? Yeah. I, I uh, Frank, I, I like I, I like a lot of the mid-journey art that's coming out, but I think there should be a separate area for it. Because the, the the that that group was created for artists to share their work, and I just personally believe that 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 artist generated work should ha should have its have its space. And if you're going to do AI generated art, do that elsewhere. Yeah, some of it is so scary good. I mean, some of it is just like unbelievably beautiful and wonderful and intricate and and. Um blows my mind yeah I'm, I'm constantly getting but there's also a sameness to a lot of it but I, I mean you could say that about photography too and I mean I remember in the 50s they said you know photography is going to kill not that I was around in the 50s but but I know my my history of illustration is was going to kill the paperback uh, uh, cover artist and it certainly did I mean, it certainly really hurt the coverback paper, you know, the paperback artists. And, and, and now we're in this weird place where I see photograph art on, on books and Barnes and Nobles. And I know that that was more expensive than hiring an artist would have been. So, you know, and, and yet it's not as, you know, good as, as a weird way of saying it, because I think that's, you know, what's good for one person is not good for others. And, but in my opinion, you know, I look at the, you know, the great artwork that was on paperbacks in the in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, even into the 70s. And the storytelling was so good. It made me pick up books. Uh, a photograph of an eye with flames around the iris is not going to make me pick up that book. Maybe the back cover blurb will, but that requires me, you know, turning the book around and and making that assessment. That's just me, but I'm an old guy, you know. No, I, I perfectly understand you. The the very first fantasy novel that I ever picked up, uh, which was Ed Greenwood's uh, Crown of Fire or or, or, or Spellfire, uh, was solely because of its cover. Uh, it had the it had the the image of uh, of the woman blasting a skeletal dragon. It's like I have got to know what's going on here. What's that, Clyde Codwell? Do you remember if uh, Clyde I, Codwell was the I artist that, on that? I think that was Clyde's work. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is an interesting quote from or a tweet from Cayusequin. I think the only reason I can say that is I I live near Lake Cayuga, and it just sounds like it's a an Iroquois name. 
I could be totally wrong. Um, not an artist, but I find 20% of the art created is useful. Damn, that's really high. I mean, I think it took, I think my entry into mid journey, I probably have 50 images and one or two of them are, are useful. Or, or I stole, actually, none of them are useful by themselves. I had to adopt all of them, adapt all of them, adopt all of them. I have now a children of mid journey. So over here in the background. Yes, absolutely. Michael Whalen was his Elric covers. Uh, I was reading his Elric in 1976. Um, uh, yeah, especially. Um, yeah, those are those are phenomenal. I, I love Michael Whalen. He's he's a one of my favorites. For oh, me, yeah. it's uh, Daryl K. Sweet. Uh, anything Daryl K. Sweet illustrates, I'm like, I got to see what this book is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got into the wheel of time and you were like, oh yep. my gosh, three pages of buttons. There it is. Yep. 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 Russ found that for us. Yep. I think That's... that was used for a cover oh, yeah. of the Forgotten Realms, one of the Forgotten oh. Realms editions too. Because I think yeah. I had that one. I think so. And uh, just to throw it out there since we're talking prints, uh, Sean mentioned oh. earlier he thought the cover you were talking would make an excellent print. And uh, I'm not sure which right. cover cover we were talking about it golden the, champions. gold gold champions uh that unfortunately i do not own the rights to so yeah that's that's not for me to to that was work for hire mm. spell fire so um yeah i was gonna say i i don't know i guess the right situation is tricky but i know jeff d did like five or six kickstarters where he was recreating the art from uh, old tsr books that he did so. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that stuff. Uh, I think I would rather go jump in the lake when it was 40 degrees than do that. Um, <laughs> uh, because, right. because I do not like going backwards. I do not. I, I, and to me, somehow that's going backwards, like going back to my old stuff. It's like, just give me something new to do. I just... That's why I play around with you know thirty different mediums, and I'm always constantly bouncing between traditional and digital, and and I'm just never. And that's probably a detriment to my career in a ways because I don't have just one style. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I didn't. I and it's nothing. I think. I think the fact that Jeff did that is amazing. And I and I. I'll, I mean, he was one of my heroes. His deities and demigods and his Elric stuff and um, totally blew my mind. I loved that stuff. I was I was you know aping. He was probably the first artist I actually kind of like tried to draw line for line. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time staring very intently at his best at. Yeah, I remember she was she was she was a bit uh yeah. Special for, she was a bit for naked. Young, young pubescent boys. Yeah. Um, well, hey, just to get in there, because some people listen to this podcast, but they don't watch it. Um, YouTube.com slash user slash Storn Cook is Storn's channel. Um, he's got some great content there. Please check him out. Sub you know, Like and subscribe. Hit the bell, as the kids say, because he is doing some really cool stuff there. Do you have any other new projects coming up you'd like to uh, tell us about? Um, wow. Um well, I know that uh, I'll be doing some cyberpunk work for a while, um, uh, so that's really exciting for me. Um, I have an incredibly great art director over at Art Talisorian named Jay. She's absolutely wonderful and an absolute joy to, to work with. Um, 
I've had the opportunity to work with some good art directors and, and she's right up there. Uh, I also give it out to Hal at, at um, Green Ronin for Mutants and Masterminds. He was always a real joy to work for. Um, you know, so of, of course, Darren Watts <laughs> is, is a joy to work for too um, when he's done, he's commissioned me to do stuff. Um, uh, I think, I mean, just projects wise, I've got some private stuff that I'm just going to keep kind of, you know, banging out and trying to make YouTube videos of. And um, yeah, uh, if you want a private commission, anybody out there, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm open for commissions. Can I give my uh, website for uh, commissions? Oh, you know, my, yeah, yeah, it's uh, real easy. It's www.stornart.com. Um, I was blessed with this incredibly weird name, and and why not take advantage of it? You know, I'd love to see uh, you and Jacob collaborate on something, you know, superhero-y at some oh, point. Oh, why? <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. I'll, I'll try to keep that. I'll try to keep that commission in mind and. Like maybe uh, when I get the Superpowered Legends of Volume Two, but maybe you, you could you could frame that thing. that commission as uh you know we'll do a duo and I'll do the the left side and you can do the right side or vice whichever side you prefer so we could have them back to back or something like that you know I mean we, okay. we should we should do something that would, that would be fun. Where are you finding some of this stuff? I don't. I don't remember seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, that's ancient. <laughs> I think Austin, this is from your LPJ stuff, right? Yeah, when, uh, uh, when you did a whole oh, bunch yeah, of uh, yeah, yeah. art packs, yeah. Uh, there was a yep. sale oh, one I, day, and it was like, uh, you're going to get all of the things Storn's ever done. I'm like, well, cover me in peanut butter as I run naked. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that was uh, that was that was nice to wake up one day and, and have those sales in, in the uh, bucket there. Um, that sale is still going on, by the way, folks. And and it's no, just not my art. It is. Uh, there's like four of the yeah. artists in there. It, yeah, it's, it a, it's an amazing deal. Um, Where is this? Uh, drive through RPG. I can. Yeah, if you go to drive through RPG and go to LPJ Studios. Uh, they 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 have an area for for stock art and yeah it's just it's just a huge huge amount of stock art you can get for very little yeah. money. Yep, and if you're a small publisher and you want to you know have something to you know I think I think art is really important. If if I can go on a bit of a rant here, um, mm -hmm. I think art is really important for role playing games for a reason that people don't talk about a lot of times. And that is their textbooks. That's what an RPG book is. It's a textbook. It's it's conveying information and trying to get you to remember it. So when you play your game, you can retain it. And art does a really useful job of breaking up text and then also associating memory with the bit of text that isn't salient. Like if you've got a guy in full plate and carrying a ton of armor and a ton of backpacks and you know canteens and stuff and that's in the encumbrance section you're going to remember that picture and then you're going to remember the encumbrance rule or you're going to be able to flip to the encumbrance rule really quickly not everybody goes by the page number or something like that some of us are visual learners um oh thanks sean for purchasing some of my art packs i really appreciate it hey any 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 way that that you know works um i i do appreciate it so, anyways, that end of rant. I just, right. I just think. Art... 
Art I'm is right more important than just being evocative and setting the tone and setting the setting. Um, I think it has a real nuts and bolts reason to be in role-playing games. And, and sometimes people are like, why are we paying stuff to do these things? And I, and I get kind of that argument, but at the same time, I think, you know, I have an uncle who's a, a did a, a, a communication textbook. This was, you know, 20 years ago um, at U of M and the theory he talked about and the theory I talked about were identical and his textbook is filled with, and he said, I'm using color pictures to break up the text and teach, you know, and keep the memory retention up. And I'm like, yep, that's the same reason I think we do it. So for anybody who's interested, uh, Stormcook's art, you can find on drive-thru uh, by searching LPJ Design as the publisher. And the product name is called Image Portfolio Stormcook. Thank you. Wow. And I think Russ, I've got like Thank you, 80 of them. <laughs> I think yeah, I've 80 portfolios yeah, or something a, at that point. There's a lot. I, I have them all. They're great. I always try to buy them to come out and publish something right away. Because so you get are... to be the first out of the out of the gate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. They are, it's I great mean, art, and people are going to use it a lot. And I want to be, you know, I, I want to be the first one to break that cherry. You know, I, so yeah. don't don't don't, uh, don't worry, Storm. He he pretty much does the same with my. If I ever post anything on my on my Patreon page and say I'm going to make this available for stock art, Mike's like, can I buy that right now? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, well, you know, I, I, hey, thank you for for you know patronizing us. I mean, that's that's you know, I, you know, it makes our lives a lot lot easier. Yeah, there's the gorilla. So, uh, when can you I get some more about this gorilla space policeman? Because I'd like yeah. to see this guy's story. <laughs> that's awesome. I I think this was a death triple, and I and and I had Darren Watt in mind when um, I drew it, and I think I sent it to him. Um, because he loves gorillas, I, I know that his uh, evil fate hat logo, evil hat, whatever logo of his that he uses is, is a gorilla that I did for him. Um, yeah, so so I've drawn many gorillas for him over the years. <laughs> um, but I also, I mean, you know, hey, it's 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 taking two ideas and smashing them together. You know, like gorilla art was very popular in the '60s on comic books. They noticed that sales would go up if there was a gorilla or a monkey on a cover. So I think um, knowing that and then saying, oh, he's a space ranger, what fun. And, you know, and then I had to think about like, oh, I have to draw those feet, but I don't want to have him have bare feet because he's in space, even though he has a spare, you know, he doesn't have a space helmet. So I was like, I'll have to come up with some kind of booty to uh, to cover those those weird you know, eight feet in. And these are the things that you have to deal with when you're an artist because you don't know what someone's going to throw at you. A, a commercial uh -huh. artist, I should say. That's true. And uh, this was the one that uh, Sean just shared in the comments. And ow, I remember this came out. This was sort of like, um, sort of like your, your George Perez big crowd scene kind of thing. Well, of there's more to the. There's a, there's a very personal story to this. So I have okay. been part of a champions campaign for over 28 years might be going on 30 years. And this was a, from a few years ago. And uh, Neil Carver, who's the GM of the of the game, and I've GM'd, I've co-GM'd in this game occasionally. Um, every year I go to Ann Arbor to hang out with the with the old gaming group. We come from all spots of the planet at the moment and, and we play for a weekend. And um, the Red Dragon universe, Red Dragon was the first character in it. 
which was Neil's character, has been going on for 30 years. And so I decided to give this to him as a poster, uh, uh, you know, as a thank you. And then, of course, try to make money off of it because that's how mercenary I am. Um, but yeah, some of those drawings were from back in the day. A lot of them I redid. Um, so it was a big project. It took me, took me a little bit better than a year to do. I, so, um, that one's very near and dear to my heart. Oh, it's an amazing piece for sure. Thank you. Um, so, um, getting towards the top of the hour, um, Ross, you've been kind of quiet, sir. Do you have any questions for Storm? Uh, yeah, I mean... Your work is very heavily identified with a lot of Champions products, and to hear that you've been playing Champions for a long time is really is very interesting. Because uh, I, I had no idea that you actually played the game as well as did Dark for Croy. Oh yeah, there... I was I was I was actually when I when I was working for Iron Crown um, doing their Shadow World stuff, which was my first freelance job in the role playing game industry. Um, they had the license to Hero, and I campaigned like monthly to get hero stuff to do because I, I was playing in a champions campaign at that moment. And, and, um, and then it was funny. I started doing artwork and then about a year later, I started in the red dragon universe. Um, I had moved to Columbus to go to art school. I met Neil and, and we started up. So yeah, I didn't mean to in interrupt you, Ross. Did you have a follow-up to that? No, just, uh, I was just kind of expressing it's, it's really awesome. when you find somebody that, you know, has done a lot of work for a particular property and then to find out they're also a fan of that property is, is really cool. Um, I am also a, a guy who's played a, a ton of champions and you probably have, you may have seen the uh, new version of Strike Force that came out a while back. That was something I was the lead developer for. Um, so yeah, champions, I, champions I are near and dear to my heart. I knew it came out. Uh, Strike Force was near and dear to my heart too. It was the first champion supplement I bought and um you know dennis lubay is an art hero of mine he did a lot of artwork for the original strike force um uh yeah absolutely. Too. <laughs> good yeah no he's a great he's a great artist i, I i'm a huge huge fan of his um he did a well, you, need uh, a, you need to come down to chupacabra you can play champions with me and with dennis there you uh, go yeah it's super fun there you go uh, yeah i mean my characters are scattered throughout like two editions of, of two or three editions of champions i've snuck in characters in the backgrounds of you know of our games and stuff like that so yeah i was i was very much drinking the kool-aid of champions so hooray is is that a good place to stop it or <laughs> <laughs> i was uh, just letting uh, anybody else uh, jacob any questions any comments any thoughts no i i i've I'm good. Actually, I'm I have so, a question for I'm you. I'm so freaking boring. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. What what kind of art would you would you like to see evolving from this point forward for the games that you run or the games that you publish? What what needs do you guys have? I, I publish way more transforming robot art than any sane publisher should, so I'm probably a bad person for that question. Well, uh, I can say for myself, uh, we're working on uh, we're working on finishing up a project that we kickstarted, and uh, when I tell you that um, finding finding and I apologize, I'm uh, trying to wrangle my dogs because they're being punks. Um, so finding um, artists that can have the technical ability to do legitimate military gear, um, oh yeah, has has been challenging. Yeah, you know, I would imagine. 
because a lot of times like you'll get a guy and you know you'll you'll talk to this person and be like can you do this gear and send him a picture and um that you know my uh uh my customers know what the gear is supposed to look like, know what the characters are supposed to look like. So, you know, when I get an image back and uh, uh, I was working with one artist and I mean, what they turned in was like uh, uh, kindergarten watercolor. And I'm like, I I'm, I'm not paying you for this. I, I want to pay you for the artwork that you had and advertised. If that's not yeah. your artwork, then I'm not paying you. But like, um, yeah, seeing, seeing, I mean, it doesn't have to be like, I don't need to see a serial number on a weapon, but I need to know, like, you took it's the gotta five... be an, It's got to be an M4 and not a, a German World War II 1938 Schmeiser. Yep. And, and, you know, and... an MP38 or whatever. Um, by the way, I can do military art. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Escape from Tarkov, so gun porn is in my back alley. You know, nice. so I don't know if you if you've ever played Escape from Tarkov, but uh, oh lord, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we I, do. I, uh, uh, we have. It's this like, thing, do you uh... want do you want the ankle to you know foregrip, or do you want the skeletal foregrip, <laughs> or do you do you want oh, the foregrip that has that the one. has the little bipod that pops out, and you have you know. Yeah, oh my I, god! I know that stuff. I know how to do that stuff. Um, and actually, I think a lot of that. I mean, I, I've joked that that um, I can draw a lot of things out of my head, um, and I can draw anything with reference. Um, oh, awesome! So, so you know, and then there's there's certain guns that drive me crazy. Like, I don't know if you've ever tried to draw a Thompson, but Thompsons yes. drive me crazy because there's not parallel lines in the barrel compared to the receiver and oh oh my god they're hard and then the and then the organic shape of the buttstock and yeah and it's like would i rather draw that or a clock boy you know clocks are favorite, easy they're just a you know, freaking tube yeah you know what my favorite way clock. to draw in, uh uh a thompson is um uh as an m41a pulse rifle <laughs> When I, whenever I found out that that's what you just James hide Cameron, it under other stuff. <laughs> well, that's that's what they did. They crammed it. Oh, in, I know. Yeah, they, along with a uh, Remington 870. I'm like, holy crap! That's really what's under there. That's great. I, oh, I, I mean, I you know, before I was a uh, role player, I was doing World War II uh, miniatures wargaming and nice. and squad leader and stuff like that. So when I went to Star Wars in 1977, I was like. The stormtroopers are using dressed-up Sterling submachine guns, and you know it's like, yeah, I, I I picked up on that right away, you know. So, yeah, that's pretty yeah, dope. I, I think with the rise of uh, some of the stuff that's coming out from uh, Renegade Game Studios, like the GI Joe role-playing game, yeah. the Transformers role-playing game, uh, we're going to be seeing some nostalgia uh, products come out, and people are going to want you know character art for all that. Because they're gonna want their Joes drawn. They're gonna want their tra their Transformers drawn. Oh my so. God! All the Uzis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've I've got a funny story about GI Joe too. So when I was uh, before I was working in the gaming industry, I was in New York City and I had a job doing hand uh, um, a handbag design and backpack design. And this little company called AD Sutton Sons had the GI Joe license. We did you know oh, wow. a little belt packs for 10 year olds that sold in Kmart. And so we'd have to go to uh, Marvel and Hasbro when they came out with a new line. And it was just this 
pulling teeth. It was a horrendous uh, political hack job that we had to do in order to go, which characters can we put on our, you know, our belt and our backpack or whatever, you know, and, and it's like, you couldn't change these things. And, you know, every, it was, it was a nightmare dealing with like two masters on that. Although I think the, the product line did very well at Kmart, although Kmart's no longer with us really in any shape. <laughs> so I guess I got out of that gig when the time was good. Right on. I will probably. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, that spooky sci-fi thing I needed the cover for. When I get around to writing that, I will probably hit you up for some more spooky sci-fi art. Um, I just need to write the damn thing. <laughs> sure. I have a new rule where I don't commission too much art before I write the book. It, it can be a bad habit that's, to do it in the I, other I think order. That's, that's a really bad habit to break. I think you should just continue to commission artwork. Yes. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Don't let, I'm joking. Don't let Storm go we, hungry. Yeah, or Jacob. Well, we, we, we can't have Mike go hungry either. You know, so that's, yeah. <laughs> I got that meth lab in the truck, guys. I'm going to be fine. You got enough meth, okay. you don't need to eat. So it's, uh, Walter White taught me that. Um, anyway, enough jokes about meth labs in my truck um appreciate everybody coming <laughs> out jacob ross well thank you for guys for co-hosting it's been a lot of fun appreciate it Enjoy. Story. thanks for coming out um everybody youtube.com slash user slash storing cook you can like and subscribe oh, he is i'm gonna put you on solo layouts share that again because i could not see what you had there to us oh, oh yeah i for nice yes. yeah i like that one and, thank uh, you guys for having me i really appreciate it thank you for giving me a platform to talk about my art and and my other projects and um if there's anything i could do for for you or anyone in the audience let me know and also like if there's something you'd like to pick my brain about you know down the line keep me in mind uh storm just real quick before mike hits the button um do you have a newsletter people can subscribe to so that they can keep up with the art that you're doing and possibly uh uh where and when to commission you or watch your show um no i i well i i did i okay for a while i was doing i was doing sort of a you know through my website i was doing a blog but i have not kept that up but that might be a good thing to do you know, um, all, all the cool kids are doing Substack newsletters these days, just so you know. I don't even know what that is, and that shows you how uncool of a kid we, I am. We can talk right when he hits the button. Okay. <laughs> all right. Hey, folks, thanks for checking out the Banff podcast. Uh, if you've enjoyed this content, please check out our Patreon or buy us a warm beverage on Kofi. Anyway, thanks for your time, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>